And I have traveled such a distance Just to see the smile that's on your face And I have traveled far and wide And I have died and lived and flown through time and space Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and we have the lovely and talented cat that's C-A-T, putting on the Ritz. Cat, what's happening? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. Um, we got two shout-outs today in merry old England. One is Almondsbury, England, just outside of Bristol. Almondsbury is also big attraction. It's the Bristol Zoo Project. Our other town is just kind of east of London. It's Barking, England. The borough's claim to fame is Barking Power Station pumps out more than a third of London's energy and also has great environmental records. Giving y'all a big round of applause. Alcohol is a necessity here on the back porch. I really don't have a drinking problem. Alcohol is bad. I have a thirst problem. Today I'm fixing my thirst problem with a switchback ale. They are out of Burlington, Vermont. They're not paying us. It's a great beer. It's a little different from the rest, but it is too expensive. Cat, what you holding? I'm trying me a little creamy drink here in the winter it's called a pink polar bear Ooh! it's a little bit of um grenadine uh Kahlua, vanilla vodka looks like a thin a milk. pink milkshake it's kind of <laughs> it's got milk in it it's got milk it's kind of creamy Ooh, looks good baby like you all right today we're gonna ask the question where did the poster go the artistry of the poster. Can you still buy a poster and where? Don't tell me Amazon. All right, back in my day, the record stores had posters of all the hot artists of the day. I always went and looked at the posters when I went in the record stores. My brother and I had our rooms covered posters this was in the 70s and 80s way back then my brother had every kiss poster every ever made i mean wallpapered all over his room i bet kiss made millies right right selling posters posters alone back in the day remember you go into a place called spencer's yes you would get you know the psychedelic Black light. You. Uh, that's coming up later. Okay. Thanks for spoiler. Spoiler Sorry, alert. Charlie. I, I had the iconic Farrah Fawcett poster in my room, and the iconic Dallas Cowboy cheerleader poster. Spicy. All right, let's do a little thing called history with Steve. A French artist named Jules Corret is credited with producing the first posters. In 1866, Jules created 
1,200 posters over a 40-year period. Now, the poster has served many roles since then, not just making a statement in a teenager's room, but its impact in activism. The poster's been a key weapon in propaganda. Let's see, do you remember the uh, I Want You? Remember Enlist in the U.S. Army poster that had the creepy old guy? Uncle Sam, I think he was. Right. Um, remember the poster used way back when to alert the public that someone was on the run? The wanted poster, wanted right? Poster. The sheriffs, the U.S. Marshals, police were looking for this dude. And usually it was like a sketch of the person, their name, maybe how much the reward was. Um, the poster has always been used in advertising. Uh, I remember when I first started dating the wifey here, sitting here beside me, and she had posters up on her walls of her condo that she was living in at the time. And Kat kind of took it to a new level. Okay. <laughs> she had her posters in these nice big black frames. Very nice looking. Hello. You know? I worked for a framing company and photography oh, company you stole for a while. Them? No, I just used my cut my employee discount. <laughs> oh, because their posters, we just took some tacks or some little nails and just tacked them up on the wall. But she had these things all framed up, the Smiths and whoever. I was like, wow, check this out. I always like the big ones, like the uh, like 18 by, what, 24? Right. And then the there was a 24 by 36. They had some big jokers, too. I think the biggest one I've got downstairs is the Stop Making Sense movie poster. Yes, I remember that. Uh, posters back in the day were like i mean they were like five bucks right i right. mean they were that was it five dollars for this big colorful work of art that's what i'm going to call it right or if you were a girl and you were what's the magazines tiger beat or sweet 16 they would have little fan posters oh, you in, know, the in the magazine that's so right you could put it up on the wall uh you're your right favorite heartthrob I still have posters up in the man cave and in my shed out there. Um, when we moved out here like 20 years ago, I, I couldn't throw them away. I mean, I got Springsteen and Hendrix up in the tool shed. I've got two awesome REM posters in the man cave. I got the Mud Island one. If you want it, it's only a thousand bucks. And, and I got the one that says, Walk, hunted, danced, and sang. That REM poster, I wouldn't take a thousand bucks for it. It's it's fucking awesome. I got this uh Sonic Youth poster in the man cave. And it's it's advertising a show that they did. And it it's got Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana as the opening acts. I mean, it's it's an awesome, awesome piece of work on my wall. I don't know why. I'm such a geek for posters. I really don't. I want to go buy some right now for some reason. Oh, that's right. All the head shops and the record stores, they're all gone. So, of course, I would have to go to the World Wide Web 
and you could probably find anything you want, right? Yeah, if probably you want. movie posters. Yeah. You know. But I don't know if we have stars now. I know you're you right. want to have a poster of. Right. I mean, I mean back in the day, it was maybe like... Maybe some Bad Bunny poster going down in Texas that's amazing, but I don't really know. I mean, does it really communicate that way? Yeah, I think it's kind of lost its zip, but... You know, back back in the day, it was like your favorite band. Right. You know, um, maybe your favorite sports athlete or team. You could get those. I mean, how many Farrah Fawcett posters were sold? <laughs> I got one. <laughs> it showed just a little bit of the, the, you know. Nippy, nippy, nippy. You know, nowadays, the sports star thing, it's not going to work because... They don't stick with the same team no. anymore. No. Also popular back in the day, Kat just kind of hit on it, was the beautiful women. A lot of posters of Marilyn Monroe were all over my garage when I was growing up because my dad was a big Marilyn fan. Matter of fact, I would give my father-in-law, they would, Hallmark did a series of Marilyn ornaments that would go on a tree and I would give him an ornament of Marilyn. I don't think your mom has those around anymore. <laughs> um, let's Cheryl Tiggs. If you remember her, she had a very popular poster. Madonna, like a virgin poster oh, yeah. was very popular. Catherine Bach was on a uh, Dukes of hazard fame, had this kind of raunchy poster of her standing in front of a bale of hay like in a barn with a two-piece on. <laughs> that one was popular. Linda Evans, Wonder Woman, was a big-time poster. Um, the problem is the stars in that day, like Kim Kardashian, her body's completely changing or it'll look, and it's never going to look the same. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Andy Warhol did so many awesome prints turned into posters, didn't he? Yeah, I the, can only poster I can think in the last twenty years or so that's like really was remember the Obama poster that was red and white. Mm -hmm. that, yes, that was really popular. Yeah, um, Andy, I remember he had the, like the big banana on right. the front of the Velvet Underground album Part of pop art. Uh, exactly, that's what it was called. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, Debbie Harry. Jacqueline Kennedy, Onassis, John Lennon, all very popular posters. And Andy would do these, uh, it would be like panels. He'd do like, like he'd take the poster and do like two panels, four panels, nine It was like a silk panels. screen almost. He yeah. made like a silk screen out of a photo. It would be all the same caption, but he would like change the colors like in each panel. I got to visit the lady couple who used to own best products they were big art people here in richmond and she had a personalized photo done of her by andy warhol with the four panels she paid for it she paid for it i'm sure <laughs> okay now cat hit on it a while back this was a little bit this will date you if you know what this is it was the black light poster now you had to buy a black light bulb drugs not included poster <laughs> Poster makers experimented by using printing inks that fluoresced, fl fluoresced under black light bulbs. 
Okay. I, I never really got into it. I remember some dudes that had it. Um, I think I had one with like circles or something. You, you got You had to turn the lights out. Right. And, and then the black light bulbs would hit these things and it would kind of make it look like it was glowing. Right. right? And it was usually uh, like some kind of psychedelic shit, right? It was like some mushrooms or Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia stuff. That's usually what it was. Those were the days. Anyway, the poster, just another item from my teen years that has died a horrible death. Nobody really does paper anymore. I know. And that's also kind of paper. I don't know. And plus, life is changing constantly. I kind of, I, to me, posters kind of send like a powerful message, right? It's right. in your face uh, when you want to vo- want your voice to be heard. There, there's no, there's nothing like ink on paper. But Kat just said it; it's gone. So coasters, coasters, posters were cool back in the day, and I still think they are. Anyway, let's roll right into one tough son of a bitch. Reggie, I didn't mean to call you that. Not a bitch. Reggie White, born in 1961 from Chattahooga, Tennessee. Chattahooga. If you watch football back in the late 80s and 90s, you know who Reggie White was. Six foot five, 300 pounds. Can you imagine lining up against this dude, looking across the line? He made offensive linemen piss their pants. Uh Reg brought it every game, you know. Probably a few quarterbacks also shit their pants. I don't know. For some reason, he kicked ass at the University of Tennessee. Tennessee. And then ended ended up playing in the USFL, okay, for the Memphis Showboats. Showboats. And I think the USFL didn't make it, right? Nobody remembers that. But anyway, then he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. He got 1.8 milli for four years. I mean, holy smoke. I know it was a long time ago, but these punks playing now, they get that like every third game. Now, Reggie went on to play for the Packers and be on the 1996 Super Bowl winning team. Reggie White is no longer with us. He did. 13 Pro Bowls, 13 All-Pro selections, uh, was the all-time NFL sack leader at 198. And I'm going to get to that. Sorry. But, um, spoiler. Okay, Reggie's gone. But during his life, he helped so many people. He died from arrhythmia associated with sleep apnea. Now... Reggie passed away in 2004, and sleep apnea kind of really wasn't on the radar then as it is now. Now, in recent years, lots and lots of people have sleep apnea, and they they get the test, and they get the uh, the O2 mask. Now, it's a very serious condition. So after his passing, his wife, Sarah, founded the Reggie White Sleep Order Research and Education Foundation. How cool is that, right? That's Which so cool. It helps people access treatment for sleep disorders 
regardless of their financial situation. That's That's how awesome, awesome they are. Now, he was also a minister, two-time defensive player of the year. He also had the nickname Minister of Defense. Exactly. 15 years in the NFL, and at one time was the all-time sack leader. But don't forget, Reggie White was not just a great football player. He was a great human being, and that makes Reggie White one tough son of a All right, are we watching something? We're watching, and I'm actually watching something on one of the major networks. It's called Found on NBC. It's like a group of people headed by this one character, Gabby, who's a recovery specialist. They're there to try and find missing people. And it's, I mean, and if the show is based like up in D.C., so some of the places around Virginia, Maryland area, D.C. area. And it's really good because you really wish there was a group like this out there trying to find people. And some of the people that are, are on the team, like there's a technical specialist who was kidnapped and has agoraphobia and doesn't like leaving his, his basement, but he's like a computer geek. And there's another lady who's good at, uh, looking at at people's tells and how they're what they're doing and kind of sees what's going what's going on. It's really good, but there's a twisty part. The main character Gabby, who's the main uh, character and the crisis team, she had been kidnapped as a little girl, and she kidnapped by a guy named Sir. His name in the and the thing was Q Evans. He's played now by Mark Paul Gosler, you know, of uh, yes. mm-hmm. the kid show. I can't think of it. Anyway, it's interesting is he got away when she was kidnapped, but now she has kidnapped him and she's keeping him in the basement to help her try and find wow. these missing people. So it's really twisty. It is twisted. It is. It is very. It's very good. I don't know if NBC is going to keep it. I didn't look at the ratings or the. It's, it's, interesting because mm. you want you know you know, you want there to be a pe- a team out here trying to find missing people because I know people who are missing and their families and everything are just desperate for help. Every day you wake up empty. Right, and you're constantly there's. The one character I told you about was the tells. She goes to this bus station every night to try and find her son, thinking he's going to come off of a bus every night. That's totally brutal. Anyway, so far it's a pretty good show. It's on. It's on NBC. I don't know if they're ever going to have Mark Paul Gosler show up outside of the basement, but it's pretty good. All right. And it's called Found. Found. All right. After that. I do need a shot. All right, this week, we're going to do the cinnamon toast shot. Who doesn't like cinnamon toast cereal? Yummy. Mm, cinnamon toast popcorn, anything with cinnamon on it. a sprinkle now that you can buy that you can put on things to make it just taste just like cinnamon toast. Cinnamon is like one of the best things ever. All right, the cinnamon toast. In your shaker filled with ice, add a shot of rum chata. A shot of Fireball Whiskey, 
Whiskey. And a shot of butterscotch schnapps. I didn't even know there was a such thing. Oh, I used but it all the But we have time. it. All right. In your shaker, you got your rum chata, fireball, and some butterscotch schnapps. It sounds pretty good. Shake the shit out of it. Strain it into two shot glasses. Um, let's turn them up. You know you want to share. Let's turn them up and see what we got. Cats made us a couple. All right. Cheers to you, babe. I'm going to take a big one. That's so cinnamony. I don't know. That one's on the borderline. <laughs> We're going to call that... <laughs> breakfast shot. Give this... Exactly. The cinnamon <laughs> toast shot. Try it for breakfast. The breakfast of champions. All right. Let's roll right into band of the week. This week, it's 49 Winchester. Formed in 2014 from... Castlewood, Virginia. Got some Virginia boys here. We got Gibson on vocals and guitar, Chafin on bass, Shelton on lead, Lothian on drums, Patrick on steel. Um, Isaac Gibson is like the main dude who comes up with the song ideas and then the rest of the band just jams on in. These guys, they're doing it the hard way. They're still out there banging it five dudes in a van, playing anywhere and everywhere. 49 Winchester have recorded now, four albums. Mm-hmm. Now the name comes from, uh, it's an address there in Castlewood mm-hmm. that uh, the songwriter Isaac Gibson used to grow right. up here. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> I can't put my finger on 49 Winchester. They don't want me to put my finger on them. But I read a Rolling Stone interview. Lyrically and sonically, the band bangs out somewhere between intersection of Chris Stapleton and drive-by truckers. Yeah. I... Although Razor Edge guitar licks and honky-tonk swagger, that is a group's core, Gibson possesses a chill-inducing howl. It's not far from Stapleton's. Yeah, I I think these dudes are going to blow up. I hope they do. They deserve it. It's uh, There's some pure country in there. Great musicianship, topped off with great vocals. Today we were bumpered in with a song called Russell County Line. And Russell County, it's an interesting place. If you look it up on the map, it's located at the southwest end of the state of Virginia, where you can leave Russell County and pretty much hit Kentucky, Tennessee, or North Kakalaki in a matter of miles. <laughs> you're not uh, there, but you're almost there. Yeah. Check out 49 Winchester, wherever you get your music. I want to thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. We'll see y'all down the road. See ya. On the Russell County Captivated by your beauty I look at you and see the one I love Reunited in this tomb Where our pride died and was buried from above 
And in that dirt was planted seeds of hope. From them grew the flowers of our lives.